Well, I feel like my table's pretty cluttered today. You know what, Andrew? Uh, let's watch that video and then we'll start, okay? Today I want to introduce you to Connect. We are quickly approaching our release date of the Connect Group Framework. We are so glad that so many are excited about this Connect. And we want to take a moment to provide an explanation of what Connect is, how it can transform our relationship with Jesus, deepen our connections with others, and how you can get involved. Connect is a daily experience where you spend time with Jesus each and every day, reading a chapter per day of His Word, followed by a time of meditation, journaling, and prayer. This experience is developed a little further with a sermon each Sunday from Pastor Mike, and he'll be drawing from your reading from that week. Once a week, you'll have the opportunity to gather with your connect groups, usually four to 10 people, where you'll share from your journaling, have the opportunity to recite a memory verse, and discuss some simple questions about what you've been learning in your personal time with Jesus, and over what Pastor Mike has preached on the previous Sunday. As you can see, this framework has so much to offer when it comes to our relationship with Jesus and others. There's so much to get excited about, from the really cool booklets to the journals and even the structure. But the most exciting part is what God can do when His people and His church choose to connect with Him in such a powerful way. Instead of spending so much time on the outer shell of the church, this framework is focused on working within the individual and then moving outward. This has the potential for transformation rather than simply organization. Lastly, let me share with you how you can be a part of this experience. The first step is to simply sign up. You can do this at the kiosk in the foyer, you can contact the office, or you can talk to any of our staff and elders. And they'll get you set up with a packet and a questionnaire. And based on your answer to just a few questions, you'll be notified of a location and a time for a connect group that will meet each week. And we realize that the meeting schedule is going to be the biggest challenge to keep this running seamlessly. But know that we are absolutely committed to this and the amazing outcome that it will provide in the transformation of our relationship with Jesus and with others. I want to say thank you. Thank you for investing time with Jesus. Thank you for investing time encouraging others in their walk with Jesus. And mostly, thank you for investing time in yourself. It is time to connect. Well, this is the big day. This is uh, the day that we kick this thing off. Uh, I'm excited about it. I have to tell you, I'm a little nervous about it. Uh, Jeremiah can see it in me. He came up to my office uh, just before church, and he's just like, you're nervous. And he says, why are you nervous? And I said, I don't know why I'm nervous. And I said, do you get nervous before a big game? He says, no. <laughs> I thought maybe I'd relate to him, you know. But, uh, but uh, he prayed for me, and so I already feel much better uh, about it. But I am nervous, you know. And I think the biggest thing that I'm nervous about is I realize that this is a huge commitment. I mean, it's a huge commitment. Uh, for us as individuals. And uh, we saw that when we were reading over our little covenant that uh, we had people sign, or maybe one that you created yourself and just look, thinking through, you know, what is it that would this, you know, what is, the, what is it that God really wants from me in this? And so it is a big commitment. And you know how it is with big commitments. We're terrified of them. Uh, you know, we're afraid to make them because we're afraid that we won't be able to see them through. And we don't like failure. Nobody does. And so 
And so we're just hesitant. I, in fact, this, this morning I had this thing pop up on my phone and it said something like, you know, some kind of military workout. And I was just like, man, I so need to get in shape, right? And so I spent about 10 minutes like filling out all, like if this asks you questions, you just answered, answered, answered. And then at the end it was like wanting my money. I was like, yeah, I'm not ready to commit to that yet. You know what I mean? And it was only like 10 bucks, but uh, it's just, to me, I was just like, yeah, I'm not ready. I'm bailing on this uh, little conversation. But, uh, but commitments, they're tough. Uh, but here's what I do know about commitments. Once I make them, as long as it's something that I know is good for me, like I should do it, like working out or dieting or something, I'm always glad at the end. Like commitments is the only thing that kept, keeps me going and gets me through it. And uh, so I know that uh, commitments are good, uh, and they, they create, have the opportunity to create some really exciting things. And here's the key, I think, about Connect, and that is that all of us that have signed up for it, we are in it together. And there's something about that that is just encouraging to me, that I'm not, like, trying to create something that, okay, we created it, now good luck, you know, kind of thing. But rather, it's created, and now let's... We have people, our peeps, you know, uh, trying to be modern. Um, they're ready and they're willing to walk with us through this and help us, you know, stay on the path. And, and, and I think that there's a, that's a super important aspect of this because anything else that I have committed to and I've done with somebody has always turned out a lot better than if I was just on my own you know, walking through this. And so I'm excited about that. So a little confession time. So I, and this is a big confession. Uh, I've always had difficulty staying off my phone while I drive. I have criticized everybody that I pass that's on my phone. Like, man, they're going to run into something. They're going to run over somebody or something. And I've criticized, but I am terrible at that. And I have justified it every which way that you can. I have excuses that are, I can make a book of excuses of why I think that it's okay for me to do that, just not okay for you all to do that, right? Um, and for a long time, I tried to just be only if I'm in the car. That was like one of my justifications, one of my excuses, right? But you know how these habits go. They just get to where they are so ingrained in you that it just makes it really hard. And so my wife was always getting on to me every time I would grab a hold of my phone and just look. Or I hear a beep and I have to get down and swipe it, you know, to see who just texts me or who's trying to call me. Uh, or something like this, and my kids were constantly on me. I knew it was bad. Isn't that that the thing about bad habits? Is like you know, it's not like you don't know that they're bad, but at the same time, you can't. You have to play it off as if they're not as bad as you think that they are, or you won't be able to do it anymore. Um, And so we, we, some y'all laughing. Does somebody have a habit of being on their phone at church? Uh, So okay. so we have, we have these habits, right? And so I had this habit, and, and I struggled with it. And I had my excuses and, you know, you know everything under the sun. I could come up with them. But the point is, is that 
So I, our insurance, this kept creeping up. You know how this works, right? Every year it just creeps up just a little bit, just a little bit. And the next thing you know, it's, it's enough that it's, start, it's time to go shopping around a little bit. And so I started been shopping around, and I got online, you know, doing with some agents, you know, outside of our area as well as the ones in our area and stuff. But through all of my investigation, I finally went with Kelly down at uh, American Family, you know. That's, um, um, and the reason was because she's the cheapest. That's bottom line, right? But in the midst of talking to her, she's like, well, if you want an extra 10, even 20% discount on top of everything else I've already gotten, You'd, all you had to do is get on here and download this Know Your app. And if you're with American Family, you know that, all about this. But there's an app that you can download on your phone. And once you do, then, and you have to push always, so they always know where you are anytime or if you get in a car and go. And so it, it just tracks everything I do in a car. You know, it knows if I swipe the, the screen and open it up. It knows if I brake too hard and really fast. It knows if I'm speeding over the speed, uh, you know, line and, and all of that stuff. So it just knows all these things. It knows my habits, you know, if I'm uh, doing these things. And, and it's a little bit creepy, uh, but I decided that I was going to download this thing. And, uh, of course, I talked Lori into it because she's a good driver anyway. So she's like, sure, I'll do it. I don't care. Um, But it was a commitment to me. You understand, the guy who is always on his phone giving somebody permission to watch my every move about my phone. Uh, And let me tell you, it has been the best thing ever uh, that I have done. And I've been doing this for a little bit now, not a really long time, but... But it's just nice. I, I, it has taught me not to be on my phone so much even outside of my car. Like, I can actually survive without always looking at my phone. Um, but it's really nice that when I get in a car, it just goes aside, and I don't touch it until I get to my destination. If I feel like I have to, guess what I do? I actually pull over, and then I look at whatever I need to if I need to do that. But I, it was tough signing up downloading the app. And so I understand, you know, commitments are, are, can be terrifying, uh, and I'm glad to do it. But signing up to read God's Word every day, it's a commitment. It's only a chapter. In fact, if you, once we get our new website up and going, and it's like almost completely complete, and we're about to launch that with you as well. We were hoping to be able to do that today as well, but but it has a Bible app on there that will read it to you in several different versions uh, and help you along. But if, if you let, just listen to it and read along with that, you could read it like one chapter five times in ten minutes. I mean, it really doesn't take as much time as you think. Um, and so we know that there is a commitment here, but this is something we all know. We ought to be doing this. God has given us his word, and he has invited us to have this relationship with him. And the way that he talks to us is through his word. You know, one of the most Googled questions on this topic of God's word is, is things like this. Is the Bible relevant today? Is the Bible outdated? Is the Bible really inspired? Why is the Bible important today? These are things that people are trying to figure out 
about it. Maybe it's questions that you've wondered about yourself, or maybe you know somebody that has wondered about this, you know, like, is the Bible relevant? And you're trying to figure out, I don't even, I don't know how to explain that or, or talk to them about that. But I do know this, if you want to be victorious in your walk with God, in your walk with Jesus Christ, you've got to be somebody that is in his word consistently ongoing all the time. And, and it starts with just knowing the Word of God. Uh, the Bible has been translated into thousands of different languages. I know you know all this, right? It's in the Guinness Book of World Record for the, mo- the most sold copies, the most printed copies of ever. I know you know all that. But what is interesting is, even though it's like, despite its worldwide popularity in that everybody, everybody, no matter where you go, has probably heard of the Bible, right? It's the one book that everybody knows. But in spite of all of that, people still, Christians, fail to grasp the importance of it. Uh, They don't really understand the relevance of it or the power of it. Um, The reliability of it. And we cannot let this happen to us because when it happens, then our relationship with God is diminished. It's, it's lessened. It's, it struggles severely, you know, when we don't understand the Bible and the, the importance of it. I think if we were to be honest, many of us, you know, have carried over this this idea from our childhood of, of the Bible just being a book of stories. Because ever since we were little, we just remember hearing the stories, right? Adam and Eve and how, you know, they were, had this wonderful garden and God created it and everything was just perfect. And then this little Satan snake come and talk to Eve, which why do snakes talk, you know? But, but they're little kids' stories and little kids' stories have to have those talking creatures, you know, those animals. And this one does and talks to Eve and they end up doing something wrong. It separates from God and that's the story. And then then we go to Noah and and the ark and all the animals. And it was just funny because Matthew and we were talking about babies and nurseries and you know, one of our nursery themes was Noah's ark. I think it was either Andrew or Jeremiah's. I don't remember which one, but but uh, Noah's Ark, and he was just laughing. He's like, isn't that interesting that that is a theme for a baby nursery when everybody dies? Like, that, that is like the worst catastrophe ever in the, the face of the earth. And we actually make it, oh, it's a little cute and stuff like this. But that was kind of interesting. But, but uh, the reality is, is that we, we have all these stories and Moses and David and Goliath and you know, and Daniel and the lion's den and stuff like that. And, and they've been taught to us ever since we were a little kid. And it's almost as if it's like our modern day, uh, you know, Marvel or DC movies, you know, like they just seem to be far out, made up. And we're like, maybe it happened and maybe not. They say it happened, but I don't know, you know, because they are far out. And we remember being taught the Ten Commandments. And we remember the, you know, have to memorize the 23rd Psalm and the Lord's Prayer and things like this. And I think once we become adults 
And with so much information flying around and so much debate, and the way school is structured, you know, with it's all evolution and no creation, after a while, I think we just begin to think that this is just a book. It's just a book of stories. And they're kind of just far-out stories, and they're ancient stories, and they're old stories. And I've read it, and I've heard it, and I'm ready to move on. You know, it's got true, you know, it's, it's got wise sayings, but so does Confucius and, uh, you know, Muhammad and all of these other religions have really wise sayings. What makes it different, you know? And it's got a lot of rules and primitive rules, things that we don't even deal with. We got running water and plumbing now. We don't have to do all of the things that it says in there. And it, does, it doesn't seem to even apply to our lives. And so we end up kind of, I think, getting this mindset that it just isn't relevant. Most of it, at least, if not majority of it. And we just kind of, because of that, we just tend to let it collect dust, set aside, live in the modern world with relevant things, and listen to the most relevant teachers. And it's no surprise that we are not motivated to read it. And not only are we not motivated, because we're not motivated, we don't expect our kids to read it. And we don't try to motivate them or encourage them to read it. And I think this has just created something that is a real problem within the church. It's like it's not the most important book in the church anymore. It's more like we even elevate the, well, your preacher doesn't write books, but a lot of preachers out there in the world, they're just like, they elevate the preacher's books over the Bible. What are they? Oh, we got to get the latest preacher book, you know, the one that he just read or wrote uh, the other day or something like that. And we, we end up motiv- you know, more motivated to read their stuff than, than God's stuff himself. And our children end up just creating this smorgasbord approach to life, trying to figure out, you know, what they're going to think about life. And so they just pick and choose. Well, I, I really like what this person says. Well, I like what this person says. And the next thing you know, they have their philosophy of life. And it's just a pick and choose from whatever they are listening to on YouTube or whomever is speaking into their life, people at school, you know, professors or this. And they end up having just their own thoughts. Whether they are God's thoughts or not, it doesn't matter. They just have their own thoughts about things. That's why the church is really struggling. There is just as much immorality going on within the church as there is outside the church. Why is that? When we have the Word of God telling us how to live morally. There's, so, there's just as much greed going on inside the church than there is outside the church. Why is that when we have so much that is taught to us about those kinds of issues? And we could go on and on about this. The Word of God is authoritative. It has absolute all authority. That's what it claims. And that's what I believe that it is. In fact, one of the places that it claims this is in 2 Timothy 3. It says... All scripture is breathed out by God. That's meaning this, right? 
It's breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correcting, and for training in righteousness. So it's there to teach us and to, to correct us and challenge us and train us that the man of God may be complete and equipped for every good work. The Word of God is the only source that we have in this planet that is absolute truth. Now, you're not going to hear that in a lot of places, but it's true. And if it is true, that means that all thoughts about everything are settled right here. This is where everything is settled. If there's ever a disagreement about anything, if there's ever, you know, some thought about anything, no matter what thought is out there in the world, this is, whether it, this is where it's decided whether it's true or it's not true. All arguments are settled here. The Word of God, God's Word, trumps all of your opinions about everything under the sun. You can have opinions, but if it is contrary to the Word of God, then it is a wrong opinion. Scientists can have their experiments, and they can have their studies, and they can put together their hypotheses and all of those things. But if, if they agree with the Word of God, then they're right. And if they disagree with the Word of God, then they're wrong. And the reason is, is because this is all authority right here. Nothing else in all the world has that kind of authority And I think the church is struggling with that. I really do. But that is the truth. You know, my family is by far not perfect. I would be embarrassed if y'all had to tag along, you know, like they have those wife swap shows. Boy, if we ever did one within the church and y'all had to come and live with me a week, I would be a nervous wreck, you know. Um, You you watching all the things that our family does because we are not perfect. And I'm not perfect. But I often sometimes have people come up to me and say, well, you just have the best kids. And I've been challenged, you know, just thinking, I think I have great kids, but they're not perfect. But I've been challenged by that, that comment and just thinking, like, why? How is that even possible? Because I know me, right? And I know Lori. And Lori, by far, is way better than me, just so you all know. But none of us are, are perfect, so how is it that we are consistently doing okay with the kids? And here's what I think. I think there is a, there is a uh, uh, special ingredient, a key uh, to raising kids, And that is this, that the Word of God has all authority. That's what I, it has nothing to do with me, because I am flawed so bad. It has to do with, I believe, that the Word of God is truth. And if the Word of God says something, and we're not doing it, we need to have a conversation. And my kids know this. They can call me out, and they do all the time. They call me out, and they're just like, Dad, you're, you're doing something, but that's not what you preach, or you're doing something, that's not what God's Word says, right? 
And what I know is that I've always wanted to be the same man away from the pulpit as I am in the pulpit. If, if I'm preaching it from the Word of God and I step away, I need to be living it because that's what the Word of God says. Now, does that mean I'm perfect? No, that doesn't mean I'm perfect. But what it means is that I've taught my kids that the Word of God is all authority. And so that they have permission to correct me with the Word of God. And they have let me have, give, they have given me permission to have those conversations. And when we have bad habits, what do we do? Just like back to the car thing again. We try to explain it away the best that we can and explain that my situation is different. But when you have something that is all authority, just like that, that program, I can't argue with them that I slammed on the brakes at such and such time because they know. They know if I was speeding over the speed limit because they know. They know if I swiped the phone. Now, I can go in, which is kind of cool, and say I wasn't the driver. <laughs> but either that's the truth or that's a lie, Right? But the point is, is that I think that that is the key ingredient to everybody's life, is coming to a place that this is, this is all authority. This is it. And by the way, you all have the permission as my kids, and some of you have taken me up on that as well, and just saying, hey, Mike, should you be doing that? And we have to realize that this is all authority. There's two things I want to say about that real quick, and then we will kind of wrap this up. And, and one of them is just simply this. We have substituted the Word of God, this right here, for godly teachers. There's nothing wrong. We have some of the most amazing teachers on our planet. And what's really cool about having the most amazing teachers on our planet, we can listen to the most amazing teachers on our planet. I mean, literally, you can get on here and you can go right to Francis Chan's latest sermon. You can go right to Max Lucado. I mean, whoever you like, you know, Dr. Jeremiah, whatever. You can, you can jump on there, listen to him. You can read their latest books. You can even just download it and have it instantly. You don't even have to wait for mail anymore. I mean, we just have some amazing teachers, and this isn't to say that we shouldn't be listening to them. What, it is, what I'm trying to say is that we have substituted them for God's word. If I were to say, are you in God's word, is, as long as you listen to a sermon or you came to church, you would probably answer, yes, I'm in God's word. I'm in God's word right now. No. You're listening to somebody that is telling you about God's word. Now, here's why that's somewhat dangerous. Not that you shouldn't do those things. I do them all the time. But it should not be a substitute for being in the Word of God. And the reason is, is because... It, have, have I ever said anything that you disagree with? Yeah, all these smiles are like, I don't want to really raise my hand, but um, yeah. And, and no doubt, right? Because... I'm flawed. I am fallible. I get it wrong sometimes. I try not to. And I know that the Word of God says I am accountable, so I try really hard not to. But I do know that I do get it wrong. But here's the thing is, even if I got it right, but you disagreed with me, what do you do with that? He's just wrong, right? It's easy to know that we're all infallible. I mean, we're all fallible. We're all 
flawed, and it's easy to just feel like I can disagree with you if I want to disagree with you, right? Because that's just the way that works. When you are in the Word of God, and you read something there that you don't like about morality, about loving one another, about forgiving others, even though they wronged you, about people who wronged you and you going and making it right, why am I having to make it right? I mean, you read things in here, and it's just like that doesn't feel right because that is convicting, and I don't want to. You can't blow it off because this is ultimate authority, if that's what you see it. That's the way I see it. And I can't disagree with God. But I could disagree with David Jeremiah because he's this man. And I could just say he just got it wrong. He just has his opinion. And we can easily do that. So that's, that's why you can't substitute God, the word of God with godly teachers because they don't have enough authority about them. But the word of God has authority. It says in 2, Timothy, or 2 Peter 1, it says, Know this, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from anyone's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man. But men spoke from God as they were carried away by the Holy Spirit. And it's talking about this right here. That this is, God has put his stamp of approval and said every word, every thought, everything that I have allowed to be written and collected has my stamp of approval on. This is all vetted by God, right? Not what I say is, and that's the second thing I just want to say real quick. We need to know the word of God so that you can know if I am flawed or when I am flawed and what I say should not be said or it needs to be challenged or corrected. And you can only do that as if you are a person. You don't have the right to do that just because you don't disagree. I mean, you disagree. If you disagree, then you have to show me. Or maybe not show me, but at least show yourself, right? Why I said what I said and it's not right. Because it doesn't align with God. But if you just use your own, well, I don't agree with what he says because that's not the way I want to live my life. Well, that's, you know, that's just not the way that we want to be. So I'm excited. I really am excited about what we're embarking on. Because what we are embarking on is at the very bare minimum of what we should have been, been doing forever. Reading the Word of God on a daily basis, even if it's just a chapter a day. And just hearing from God. And just aligning our lives for God. Here's the thing. I want to say this real quick and then we'll move on. You know, many false teachings today start with man instead of God. When you go through Romans, which we will eventually get there, and you can read this anytime you want, obviously, but when Paul was laying out the gospel to the Romans, he starts with God and then he goes to man. In other words, he says, God is holy and we are we are not. I bet you got that figured out, right? He says, God is righteous, and we are, we are not. 
But the point is, is he always goes to God and then he goes to us. God is good. And he, we are under his judgment and we need his mercy and therefore we have Jesus. And this is his argument. The American church, and I say American church because that's where I see it flawed the most. We have created a whole new gospel. And it's a gospel of just flipping those two around. Instead of starting with God and then going to man, we think that it's all about man. We've created this thing where God's job is to make my life better and more rich and, and more purposeful and easier and everything. It's just like he lives to love me and to provide for me and to care for me. And that's just because if that's your thinking, that's just because you're not spending enough time in the Word of God. Because the Word of God says God is the Almighty and we are here to elevate Him, to love Him, to bring glory to Him and not the other way around. And that is so important for us to understand, I think. So the Word of God is living and active. It says in John chapter 6, verse 63, it says, It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. And that's Jesus talking. In John chapter 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. And the word is capitalized, and we know that that is referring to Jesus. The word was God. This word is God. It's God's words. It's God's thoughts. And when we approach it with that understanding, then we understand that it, is, it, it produces life in us. Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel in Romans 1.16. I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of salvation for those who believe. You notice what he says here in verse 64. But there are some who do not believe. And when you don't believe, you tend to do this. Don't need that. All I need is Dr. Jeremiah. Let me look him up. This is... This is life. This is power. There is something super important. It is in here that we are transformed from the old man to the new man. The old woman to the new woman. The new creation, it says in 2 Corinthians 5.17. Hebrews 4.12, it says, For the word of God is... Alive and active. It doesn't mean that it's like it's going to transform like those transformers and start walking around and stuff like that. It doesn't mean that it's live and active in that way. It's not going to start flying around. It means that it produces life. Real life. Eternal life. And it's living and active in that it, it will create something anew in you. A new heart. 
You know, David prayed in uh, Psalms 50, God, create a new heart in me. And this word of God will do that when we embrace it and see it as all authority. The goal of reading and learning and studying this word and being part of the Connect group is just building our faith. God, build our faith. Help us to see you. Help us to trust you. Help us to be obedient to what you say so that we can build this relationship with you and we can bring glory into your name. Make us holy as you are holy. And that's what we want to do as a church. Now, here's something, just another thought, and then I want to wrap things up with just some real practical things real quick. If you're already in the Word of God every day, that's amazing. I don't even, I don't, I can't even say that. But if you are reading the Word of God every day, just know that you are by far the minority, by far, in any church, any given situation. If you open this thing up every day and read it and study it and think about it and meditate on it, everybody should, right? But if you are right now, you are the minority. And if you are, I just applaud you and I just think that that's awesome. And I know that some of you are. I do know that. So you might think, well, I don't need connect. I think you would be missing out on what I think is the most important, even more important than that right there. Although I say that that's pretty important, right? You, if you are in the Word of God every day, that's pretty awesome. But I think that there's something that connect offers that's even could be elevated. But really, it depends on your philosophy or your worldview because my worldview is is that you can either look through the lens through more of like a selfish lens and that you think that it's really just about me take care of me or you can look through the lens and think that realize that it's it's really about others and me using me to try to help others succeed and do well and do things see Jesus taught me from his word that my focus should be just as much on other people and their advancement and their goodwill and their and loving them as I should be focused on me. In fact, it tells me to think of others more important than I think of myself. That's actually a verse in the Bible, right? And, and to be willing to lay down my life. Uh, at least that's what he did, and he says follow him, and so I'm assuming that I ought to have the same attitude. Forgive those just as I have forgiven you. And just all these things, it just seems like it's other-oriented. And if you, if you view life that way, then I want you to know that this connect is not just about you. It is greatly about you and your relationship with God. But I want you also to understand that I think one of the most important things about it is you are in helping other people connect with God. And so if you're in the Word of God every day, I applaud you. That is awesome. But you have an opportunity to help somebody else that is not, and this scares them, and they've never been able to do this. Come alongside them and help them. Because it would be my guess, if you're in it, there was a time that you weren't, and you somehow developed a habit. 
And you can almost be like that app in their life, right? That just helps them, encourage them, and helps them be successful. And we need people that are part of this, not for themselves, but for other people to be successful. And so I want you to think about it that way. I think that that's important. I was talking to Emily's dad, and Emily's dad has been doing this for four years, I think he told me. And their church has done something similar. Ours is different because we created ours from ground up. But the inspiration, I think, came from their church because Emily was sharing this. And we started putting our pieces together. But we were talking at the Christmas program, and he was just talking about, he says, you know, Mike, he says, it's a challenge. I've been doing this for four years and trying to think of, you know, putting this, putting me in front of God's word every day doing this consistently is tough. And sometimes I get a little bit behind. And then I have to catch up because I have my meeting. He says, but it's the best thing that has ever happened. That most, the, the greatest thing in my spiritual life that is, I've ever done in my entire life. That encouraged me. Sometimes I want him to come and just kind of give his testimony to us about that. Because I was really inspired by it. So I'm excited about this. Now, I just want to conclude by how do you go about it? You go about it how you, what best fits you. And I think the biggest mistake I ever made when I was in Bible college is trying to mimic these professors and their approach to their time with God. And they all had it. Every day they would have it. And I would try, one professor would say, he'd get up in the morning and he'd put on his suit, he would shower, and this would, if he was going out to cut wood, he would still go shower, put on his suit, and go to his quiet time and spend time with God. And then when that's over, he'd go put his dirty clothes on and and go about his day. Because he wanted to bring the best. Now, if you can imagine a, a young, brand new Christian that wanted to love God with all of his heart, mind, soul, and strength, I heard that, and I was like, that is going to be me. Well, that was me for like two days. Because that wasn't me. I was wanting it because it sounded and looked so good, but it wasn't me. So the first thing I want to say to you, it has to be you. The authentic you. That was the authentic him. And I still admire that, but that was just not me. You know, Sherry, was. we were talking on the phone yesterday, and she's just like, I still haven't found my spot. I need to find my spot. And I was just inspired by that because it's not like she's got kids running all over and she has to find a quiet spot, right? She could throw her dogs outdoors and have an hour if she wanted to. Um, But she wanted a spot. And I just thought that was so cool because what does that mean? It means when I go to my spot, it's just me and God. It's not like I go to my spot and now I'm thinking, you know, what's on TV and I'm thinking about my phone and things like this. And so that's really, I thought that was just super insightful that I wanted to share because I think that that would be beneficial to all of us if we had a spot, right, kind of thing. I, I'm not going to be able to use this. I want to. I love the idea. I love that Matthew has, like, journaled all of his life, you know. I mean, I just, I admire people that journal. I hate writing. Mostly because when I go back in a year, I was just like, what did I, what was I saying? Why would I misspell this word, you know? And it just bothers me. And so, to me, it's going to be on the computer. I mean, I'm journaling because that's part of our program, right? But 
But it's got to be on the computer because I love it when the red marks, and I always have a bunch of them, and I just click on it and I'm like, yes, that's how you spell it. Okay. Uh, this doesn't make sense. And I get a little help and stuff. And so just, that's me. Also, I, I Google and watch YouTube and stuff on this thing. I do not do that on my computer. So to me, when I go to my computer, it's all business. That's when I'm writing my sermons. That's when I'm creating things with my photography or whatever. It's work time for me. I'm, it's not Google and buying things and stuff like that. So I don't have that. But if you did, that would be the worst thing you could do is go to your computer because then you'll just be hitting all these notifications, stuff like that. I don't have that issue. Okay. So you have to figure out what works for you. And, and then the main thing is, is don't give up. Just keep trying new things if you're a newbie at this. And you'll find a sweet spot. But until you do, you got this connect group that's going to hold you accountable because you got to show up. And they're going to be asking you, so what did you journal? And it's okay to say, I, I, I struggled this week. But if you say that ten times in a row, that's going to be kind of <laughs> tough to show up, right? So you got this accountability that's going to really help you with that. And just know that we're all going to not do so well at the beginning until we get this habit going. And then we're, a year from now, we're gonna, or six months from now, we're going to be excited that we did this. So let me pray. Father God, thank you so much for this day. It is the first. And it is such a great way to start off a new year. To just be committed to being in your word. Father, we know that there are so many adventures to be had as we travel through this word of yours. There will be so many questions and maybe few answers at the beginning. But no doubt there will be growth that comes about. There will be a new person. Each and every day, it will just be moving us a little close to the destination that you have for us. And we're excited about that. We're excited about doing this together and just wondering what it will do to our church. Being so focused about being in your word and how it's going to have to create something. If this word is true, and I believe with all my soul it is, it cannot return void. And we anticipate and look forward to it. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.